Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. In for Stormy today, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line. The show is presented by DraftKings. Dave Ross, Michael Lombardi coming at you. Michael, we have got so much to talk about over the course of this next two hours. Buckle up, America. I mean, the, the quarterback news is I'm coming. I'm buckling, in. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get buckled here, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm trying to get buckled. It's fast and furious here on a Wednesday morning. And obviously, I think the big news, and you and I were just talking about it before we even began the show, is the news out of Denver. And I, I want to get your thoughts on that first and foremost, because it, it does appear Russell Wilson, at least for the rest of this year, has been shut down. They're going to go to Jared Stidham to get the start against the Chargers this weekend. By the way, Broncos now three-point favorites to win that game over yeah. L.A. I, what do you make of this? Because we saw the, the Sean Payton and the Russell Wilson blow up on the sidelines, and you know how people read into things and you know respect, disrespect, all those things. And then all of a sudden he gets shut down. I get it. The loss to the Patriots, you know, feels like the, the playoffs are, are a foregone conclusion that that's gone. But what do you make of why Sean Payton would make this decision now? Well, I, I think he feels like, look, I, I've seen enough, right? Mm. And the, well, the shocking part about this decision isn't the fact that he's took him off the field, is that this line moves so dramatically yeah. as if he were playing well, like as if he were playing well. You know, let's put things in context here. The Broncos are 28th in passing attempts this year, which means they don't want to throw the ball. But they have Russell Wilson. Why wouldn't they want to throw the ball? Why wouldn't they let Russ cook? Why wouldn't they throw it? They're 25th in yards, right? They are, you know, they are 21st in yards per attempt. Their passing game just doesn't execute. He's a one-look-and-go type guy. He hasn't really been the same player in a while, really, in, in four years. I mean, last, his last year in Seattle, he ran for 181 yards in the lowest first down total in his career. This year, they've gotten him to run a little bit more. He's actually run for first downs this year, which, you know, he's got 38 rushes for first downs, which is a lot for him, considering that he had 33 last year. But to me, there's no plays in the passing game. There's really nothing. And when the game is on the line, how many more screens can you run? How mm. many more ways 
can you get the ball to the receiver? See, this is one of the biggest misconceptions we have in, in professional football is we think the quarterback makes the throws. And sometimes that's true. But some most times the scheme makes the throws. Mm. Where the guy is open, you just throw the ball to him. Cover three, they're going to play the out, throw the ball to the out. They're playing cover three, run double seam. The receiver's wide open. They didn't reroute him. So it just takes a little bit of the the scheme helps a lot of times. And what happens is when the scheme, when the player doesn't operate within the scheme, then all of a sudden the coaches get really frustrated. And well, I didn't see it. He wasn't open. Go back to go back to one of the greatest clips you'll ever see of understanding pro football is Phil Sims walks to the sideline and Parcells says to him, Phil, the outs wide open. Now it was a little dirty, coach. I didn't see it. Then he goes back out. He comes back to the sideline again. Phil, the outs. We got to throw the out. <laughs> but he goes back, doesn't throw it. Parcells then says to Ron Earhart up in the press box, he's watching a different game than we're watching. Hmm. And that's what happens to a lot of older quarterbacks. They're worried about the rush. They're worried about what's going on. And they don't see what the scheme is letting them do. And so for me, this really isn't a big deal. Like he wasn't playing at a level that is conducive to his salary. Now, they can't get out of next year. Right. But I think what they want to be able to do is say, hey, somebody needs a quarterback, somebody wants this, come take Russell from us. Now you look at it, boy, it just feels like you look at the Broncos season, you know, the middle part of it, they win five in a row, feel like they're right back, six out of seven, right? And they almost got the win in Houston, which would really have changed their season. If they could have uh, completed that rally against the Patriots, maybe Russell's still the starter. They did go out and actively pursue Jared Stidham in the offseason. And I was talking about with our producer, Steph, before the show, like I Stidham at the end of last year here mm-hmm. in the desert. I actually thought he played pretty well in that Niners game. Is, is this a, is this a look at Stidham for uh, not to start next year, but what, what, what do you need to see from Stidham? But there's gotta be a reason they went and got him. Well, look, I think one of the reasons Josh McDaniels isn't a coach in, in Las Vegas anymore is because, you know, when they let Carr go, they didn't resign Stidham, right? Stidham actually played well for them. And so that forced him into the Jimmy Garoppolo situation, which this would prove to be really the downfall of that administration mm. is going after Garoppolo. Every, everybody was wanted Carr out of the building, including the owner. I mean, that's a fact, right? I mean, everybody was ready to move on from Carr. The problem was they had the replacement with Stidham, or at least it looked like it, and they didn't sign him. They, they quibbled over a, over a little bit of money, and the first day of free agency, Denver jumped in and signed mm-hmm. him. So there's some some element here of the kid being a good player, five star kid coming out of Baylor, highly recruited. You know he's done some things, and the 49er game he looked really good. The next week against the Chiefs, not so much. But look, here's the issue: Sean knows this. It's hard to score points when your quarterback averages 6.9 yards per attempt. Ask the New York Football Giants. Mm-hmm. That's all Daniel Jones has ever averaged is 6.9 yards per attempt. There's no down-the-field passing game. And when you don't have a down-the-field passing game, you can't make explosive plays. It's one of the issues with the Chiefs. Mahomes won't take the profits. He's looking for explosive plays down the field, and they're not there. And yet he won't adjust his game, or the Chiefs won't adjust their game, to take in the completions. And so the system kind of breaks down. And so Sean's just simply saying, look, you know, I'm not getting anything out of a quarterback that I couldn't get out of Stidham. I might as well play Stidham and see what I have. Like we act like we act like, oh my God, Russell's got 
Russell wasn't playing well. Mm. He wasn't playing well. He wasn't playing poorly, but he wasn't playing to the level of salary. This is the biggest issue in the NFL right now. It isn't that you are the quarterbacks, you got to have an elite quarterback. The issue is when you have a good player, you have to pay him like Deshaun Watson. You've got to pay him like Russell Wilson. You've got to pay him this high number. And if they don't back up that high number, you're really messed up. And, and I think that's the issue here. Yeah. Look, look what's going to happen with Trevor Lawrence? Are you paying him $50 million a year? No, sir. No chance, right? And again, what are you going to do? Right, that's what the going. Are you do? That's the problem. Is that's kind of the going rates right now, where and so you get stuck behind these contracts, like Denver is now stuck with. So you, you know, it's funny because right before we came on, and by the way, again, Broncos three, the total low total of thirty seven and a half against Easton Stick and the Chargers is that you go back to that trade for with Denver and Seattle, and you know, my recollection was like, wow, Denver. They, they, they've got their championship window now with this great defense, but you kind of saw it differently. And maybe some of the other execs in the league saw it differently, right? That at the time, because we saw Geno Smith play a little bit for Russell when he had the, the gruesome finger injury. If we remember that in the last year at Seattle, and that kind of gave a rebirth to Geno Smith. And now it looks like Denver stuck at least for one more year. By the way, their win total, Michael was eight and a half. They were at seven and six before this two-game losing streak. Do you feel better or worse about that ticket if you had it at over eight and a half with two to play? Now that Jared Stidham's in and Russell is out, I, I don't. I think everybody's instinct is to bet the Chargers now, and I'm not sure that's the right play because again, it always comes back to really the simple thing in football: why did we win and why did we lose? Mm. And if you believe that the Broncos won because Russ was playing well, you're not watching the same game I'm watching, right? You're just not. If you believe that they, you know, that's the thing. And Sean's basically saying that to you. He's saying, look, anybody, I I could have gotten this amount of wins with anybody playing quarterback. Mm. And the frustration with him and the reaction on the sideline is because, look, we drew it up. You don't want to throw it. Like that becomes really hard. That becomes very frustrating. And I've tried to put you in position where you can all you've got to do is execute the offense. See, it's one thing. Purdy gets killed because he executes the offense. Right. Russ, Russ doesn't because he doesn't execute. Don't yell at Russ on the sideline. It's not nice. <laughs> you know, it's like, seriously, like, what is it here? That, that's the thing. I, I, it is absolutely amazing to me. And I, I'm looking at the particulars of Russell's contract going forward now. And, and Michael, you know this league better than most. Are, is somebody else going to kick the tires on Russell Wilson with one year left of that big deal? Like, or is this really, yeah. is this it? Like, are we looking at the end of the Russell Wilson era as a starting quarterback anywhere in the NFL? Well, I, I think, look, somebody will kick the tires, right? Now, I'm not saying Russ is a complete bust. I'm not. I'm just saying Russ isn't worth the money. Mm. But if Denver's got to pay it, there's certainly going to be a team that says, look, we'll take Russ off your hands. You know, we'll pay him. 15 to 20, you got to pay the rest. That's where that's going to go. We're not taking on the deal. We'll take Russ, but we're not taking on the whole deal. We'll take some of it, but we're not taking all of it. Right? I think that's the conversation. Look, look, one thing about, you know, this year, nobody wanted to trade for Matthew Stafford because he was damaged and old. Mm -hmm. And the, 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 the Rams were trying to very aggressively. And Stafford came back, and he's playing really, really well right now. Really well. And so he found himself again. 
So maybe that could happen with Russell. But I think what Sean's trying to do with Russell is manage him completely. We're going to run the football. We're going to be conservative. We're not going to let him turn the ball over. And he's got to run a little bit for first downs and see if we can put together five or six good plays. And they haven't been able to do that on a consistent basis. It's, it's absolutely amazing to see because, again, when you look at, to your point, Matthew Stafford, everybody's ready to retire Matthew Stafford. Maybe even Matthew Stafford's wife was ready to retire Matthew Stafford, right? And then we see Joe Flacco and this incredible renaissance that he's having right now in Cleveland, the second betting favorite now, plus $4 to win comeback player of the year. I don't know if Russ has got a third act, but the second one didn't go well in Denver. I'll be really, really intrigued to see what happens with the quarterback carousel and whether or not they're actually able to get him out of Denver because it does appear like, at least in the short term, it is over in the Mile High City. Okay, when we come back, there's so much more quarterback news, Michael, that I want to pick your brain about. We'll start off in D.C. They got a game coming up against the Niners. Doesn't mean anything really to Washington. means a lot to San Fran. We'll discuss that next right here on the Lombardi Line. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you always love what you find and find what you love at Total Wine and more. Please drink responsibly. Please be 21 or older. Total Wine. I've been there. I love it. Get your bottle of red today. Michael Lombardi, Dave Ross coming at you here. Michael, going to break up this um, quarterback news, and we have a lot more quarterback news to get to because we just had some breaking news coming out of Green Bay. They've got the arguably the most important game of the year for them coming up uh, Sunday night against Minnesota in prime time, and they got to win two just to have any shot of making it to the postseason. Just got this news from uh, the GM, Brian Gutekunst. He said uh, that Jair Alexander has been placed on the reserve suspended list And this is what he said, and I quote, the decision to suspend a player is never easy and not one we take lightly. 
As an organization, we have an expectation that everyone puts the team first. While we are disappointed, we had a good conversation with Jair this morning and fully expect him to learn from this as we move forward together. We look forward to him coming back next week as he is a valued member of the team and will continue to be in the future. Now, this reportedly is because Matt LaFleur wasn't happy that Jair Alexander went out for the coin toss in Carolina as a non-captain and, quote-unquote, butchered the coin toss. Have you ever heard of something like this? I, like, this is a first for I, me. I've never heard of a guy guy going out for the coin toss who wasn't a captain. How does that happen? I, like, I would think the captains would have said, hey, hey, dude, you don't belong out here. Like, this isn't, you're not a captain. Get back over there. Like, where is the leadership within the team? Yes. Like, like, get out of here. You're not a captain. Like, we don't need you out here. There's more to this story than meets the eye. Big Daddy's been on this one for a while now. That's my cousin Vince, who's a diehard Packer fan. He's like, he thinks Alexander's been milking a shoulder, been, you know, doesn't want to play, thinks he's a malcontent within the locker room. Look, he, you know, he, he played, what, two years ago? He missed a 12 games this year. Mm-hmm. He's missed 10 games at least with the shoulder. You know, everybody thinks he's getting ready to play, but he doesn't. I'm sure there's a lot of conversations behind the scenes here that have created some consternation between the front office, the coaching staff, and Alexander. But let's be clear. You know, I mean, he hasn't really been the player that they hoped they signed. He hasn't been the shutdown corner that they hoped they signed. And, you know, this action or misbehavior is kind of bizarre, to say the least. And it's got to hold up. I mean, the reason it took till Tuesday or Wednesday to announce the suspension is I'm sure they had to vet it through the Players Association that, look, if we suspend this guy and he files a grievance against us, are we going to win this? Are we going to win it? Right. That that's usually the argument. You go to your attorneys in the league office, your attorneys on your team. They talk to the league. Do we have enough grounds? Do we have enough evidence that if we suspend this guy for a game for conduct detrimental to the team, which is what this is, Mm -hmm. then we can withstand uh, when he files the grievance against us, which he will because he's losing a game check, which he will. And then, you know, can we hold up? Because we don't want to go through all this and then lose, you know, and then he'll walk around the locker room and say, Seth. I got it. They didn't, you know, I got it. They're just full of it. They, they just try to do something they couldn't pull off. That affects your team. So that's why it took till Wednesday to get this thing announced and handled. And they obviously feel good enough. And certainly they should, because I've never heard of a player going out for the coin toss that wasn't a captain. Bizarre story. By the way, uh, Vikings still point and half favorites in this one. That's actually come down as the week's gone on a little bit. Total here, 46, and we know that they got this guy, Justin Jefferson, on the other side, and I'm sure for Packer backers, they thought, all right, Jair's going to be the guy to try to shut him down. Good luck with that. And now he's not out. How do you – does it adversely affect the team, or does it wake them up from their kind of defensive slumber and say, if we're going to bench arguably our best defensive player, everybody else should be on on their, their P's and Q's a little bit here in the most important game of the season with two to play? Well, I think he was their best defensive player at one time. I don't think he is right now. And I think the team knows that, right? Mm -hmm. The locker room knows that. The locker room hasn't seen him forever. And when he went into the Carolina game, it wasn't good. He didn't play very well last week. So I think the team has seen that. They understand it. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think that the team will rally around the people that are on the field and try to get that out of it. You know, and they're going to go play a team that's beaten up. I mean, without T.J. Hawkinson, who's going to be the quarterback? Are you putting Nick Mullen out there? Right. I mean, Nick's going to throw three to you and three to him. I mean, so <laughs> how do you go to win that game, right? 
And Jordan Love has always been pretty good when he's handled pressure, when he's faced man-to-man coverages. He's been fairly good. In the Giant game, he wasn't accurate at all, the win for whatever reason. But to me, this is a game the Packers can easily win. Not easily, but they should be able to. The Vikings turn the ball over. They've lost their security blanket in Hawkinson. And who's going to be the starting quarterback? I, I, I think as Kevin O'Connell does a tremendous job of game planning and situational, but it's hard to overcome a quarterback who can't wait to give the ball away. They're 30th in the league in turnovers. This problem for Minnesota has happened since day one. Even when the Cousins was playing, they were one of the most the turnover-prone teams in the league, yeah. and they were doing it early in the season in the red zone. Now they're just doing it everywhere. Fascinating story. And again, you know this, and, and I'm, I love picking your brain about it. When Gutekunst makes the announcement as the GM, this is something that you as a GM and say LaFleur, in this instance, this is a unified front, right? Like they, they've, they've got their their ducks in a oh, row yeah. before this comes out, right? This isn't just Gutekunst. This is oh, yeah. certainly no, we've had that no. conversation. Yeah, there's no way you're walking in. I suspended that player without. I mean, they're going to talk about it. I'm sure LaFleur was the driving force behind this. Because LaFleur's sitting there in his locker room and Joe, Joe Barry's sitting there saying, like, he's just messing us up. He's not complying. He's mm. doing things on his own program. You know, and that creates the problem within the locker room. Look, I, I think I would fully expect the Packers to play better because of this, not because they won't play. I mean, mo- most people's perception is, well, now they lose their best cover guy. That's going to be – no. I think the team knows how Alexander's behaved, and I think it'll give credibility to LaFleur for standing up to it, Right. Finally taking on it. You know, LaFleur is one of these coaches that doesn't want confrontation. That's why he's kept Joe Barry for two years. If he would have made the move to fire Barry last offseason like everybody thought he should have done, mm-hmm. but he's so much he's friends with Barry. He doesn't want to hurt him. He doesn't want confrontation. So he let it go. And now here he is sitting here with a team that's fighting for the playoffs where if he would have brought in a better defensive coordinator and fixed that problem – they might be. They may can be competing for the West, for the for the North. I mean, they've they've given away way too many oh, games. Yeah. To absolutely fascinating, and you're right. The, the numbers almost gave it. a game away last week. Yeah, they tried you know, to give, almost to a bad team. <laughs> they tried to give that away to, to Bryce Young and the Panthers. But to your point, the, this number has been going down for the Packers, even with this news today. No movement here. Once you heard the news of Jerry, Jair Alexander being suspended for one game by the team. I mentioned as we were going to that, break. That's why the Russell Wilson news, Dave, is yep. shocking to me. That the public, and I think it's public driven. People are just betting that number. They got, oh, it's five and a half now without Russell. We're going to bet it. You know, I, I, I don't. I mean, I was nervous to bet it with Russell. I, like, I don't. I actually like the Broncos. I'm with you, Michael. I see this as net uh, uh, now down to three. I kind of like that number a lot for the Broncos here. It might even be looking to the to that Green Bay side with the information that you're giving out here. It might actually galvanize that defense. I don't know if it's going to galvanize. Yeah, and things. I think the thing on Russell too, though, David, is the fact that look, we, you know, Russell doesn't always connect with his teammates. He's mm-hmm. been much better this year. Yeah, but we don't know that locker room. Right. We don't know what you know, there could be a better connection there. And I think you saw that when we saw Stidham take over for Carr. Everybody thought, well, Carr was well loved in the locker room. You know, they and then they they had the best game offensively. I mean, let's face it. This is the lowest yards per game Wilson's thrown for all season all year, you know. 
he's a he's he's a polarizing figure. We saw the videos when they were going overseas last year, and the high knees and the plane, and it just some odd things that maybe rub guys the wrong way uh, in that locker room. It'll be fascinating to see if and how they respond to Jared Stidham as a starting quarterback. I don't know that Ron Rivera has got a lot of chess moves left on the board to make. But he is going no. with Jacoby Brissett against the Niners now in D.C. this week, 13.5-point favorites for the Niners. Uh, what do you make of that move? Because, you know, you fire your guy, Jack Del Rio. That's That was Ron's guy. Nothing really changed there with the defense after that move. And now you're changing quarterbacks? With, is he just rearranging the furniture on the Titanic here? Well, I mean, what is he going to do? They've destroyed how? I mean, one of the things you have to be very careful with when you're coaching quarterbacks in the National Football League is getting them hit too much. Because no matter how tough you are, your eye level comes down. Mm. One of the amazing things about Bryce Young is, A, he's undersized, but he stayed in there and he hasn't gotten hurt all year, right? But his eye level has stayed, his eye level has stayed up, but his timing has gone off because he's gotten hit so much. Mm. Well, this is what's happened to Hal. I've been saying this since week three of the season. They're killing Hal. They're, destroy- they're allowing Biennemi to destroy Hal. Because he's throwing it every day, does nothing to protect the quarterback, and the kid took way too many hits. I've said this repeatedly. If I was Sam Howell's father, I would have been in Washington complaining about what they're, how they're treating my kid mm. because they're getting him hit way too much. And with no regard to, for protection or taking the pressure off of, just keep calling pass plays, keep calling pass plays. Oh, look, we got so many yards. N- nothing about winning the game. Nothing about playing complimentary football offensively. That never enters the mind. You know, that never enters it, right? And so now how is broken. Mm. Whoever goes into Washington after this, and it won't be Biennemi as the head coach, whoever goes in there, it has to be somebody who's going to repair this kid who's gotten the crap beat out of him for, a, for six weeks. You wonder why he's throwing the ball and checking it down. Yeah, he wants to get rid of it. He won't be the starter this week. They're going to go with Jacoby Brissett. We'll see. He hasn't moved the number at all. Still 13 and a half the way of the Niners. Come on back. Much more quarterback news here as we roll on this edition of the Lombardi Line. line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next wager, be sure to visit VSEN.com. Check the current betting splits data. Want to know the money and bets are moving for every single NFL or bowl game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see the changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. We're always improving our betting splits and recently added soccer betting splits from around the world. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to help make you a smarter better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com slash splits. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, Dave Ross here at Circus Sportsbook. We do want to get to your top five NFL teams in the bottom five. Now, the bottom five, Michael, has not changed. And you have the Washington Commanders dead last at 32. And I just saw this tweet, Michael, that said only in D.C. can a 4-11 team have a full-blown quarterback controversy. I mean, (laughs) this this team. Well, I mean, it's really about the the, the controversy on Washington is, is how the answer, right? I mean, that's the fundamental question that the next guy coming in, whomever that may be, are you going to go with Hal because he's done some good things early in the year, mm-hmm. or are you going to have to draft one and then trade Hal or keep Hal as a backup? 
I think that's the controversy. I mean, Brissett is a good backup. He's yeah. better than a lot of guys that have started in the league this year. You know, I'm, I've said this before. If New England would have had him in New England this year with Mac Jones, they, they might have won eight or nine. They could have won a lot more games, trust me, uh, especially some of those games where they couldn't even throw the football. So I think that's the controversy is, is again, who is Sam Howell? Is it the player that we see today or was the one we saw against Philly lighten it up or against Denver early in the year when he was not getting hit as much or he was getting hit, but they didn't wear the wear and tear wasn't on him. So, look, the one thing about my bottom five is it could go. There's a lot of teams that could go in that bottom five, Washington, Carolina, the Giants, Arizona, Tennessee. But you could easily put the Jets and the Chargers in there. Now, I think Chicago and New England, Las Vegas, Atlanta, Green Bay, those they're not a bottom five level team because they do have some strengths within their team. These other teams, starting with the Chargers on down, it's hard to, especially the Jets, it's hard to find where their real strengths are that, that's highlighted by the coaching staff each week. Now, again, no change for the bottom five. It, the, the commander's still dead last, but the Panthers, very quickly in the Panthers, because we had this conversation in case you missed it in the first hour about Bryce Young. And you noted something that I think is something that the layman is going to miss. The eye level of the quarterback play. Are we starting to see Bryce Young? Is there, I don't want to say turning a corner, but some positive signs that you're seeing out of Bryce? I've seen positive signs out of Bryce all year. Okay. You know, I've been disappointed in him, his accuracy, his rush throws. I've been disappointed in it, but his rhythm, his timing, all those things to me have been there. You know, I'm, I'm really impressed by the fact that he's able to, to stay healthy and take all these hits. I think they've done a really bad job of, of really helping him in terms of building an offense around him. But whoever goes into Carolina, the question isn't going to be, is, is, is Bryce Young going to be our starter? That's, that's yes. The question is going to be, is Bryce Young good enough to sign to an extension? Mm. And is Bryce Young worth what David Tepper paid for him? Because now he's paid two number one picks for him. Because now the Bears are going to have the first pick in the draft again. And so the answer to that is no. That, that's when you don't second-order think. When you go ahead and trade away all the things for the player, there has to be no downside. You've got to say, okay, this, is, this guy's going to be great. And I don't think you could say he's great. I don't think you could say that at all. And so I think he could be good. But once again, you're down this road where, okay, now we've got to pay him. What are we paying him? Yeah, and these guys, these quarterbacks are not taking. They're not going to take a discount deal. Daniel Jones wasn't taking a discount deal, and and who's your competition? That's why Dak Prescott's sitting there saying to himself, "You know, I'm going to make a fortune." You guys think I'm overpaid now? Where do you see my next contract? Oh man, they were their consternation over whether or not to give Dak that that deal he has already had, and people thought they overpaid then. You're right. Wait till it comes up again for Dak. And this is the going rate. And this is the question in Carolina with Bryce Young. It's the question in Chicago right now with Justin Fields. Do we give him a second deal or move on to potentially Caleb Williams with the number one pick? It's fascinating for these bottom feeder teams. Most of the teams that you have in the top five do not have these quarterback issues that we're talking about. That's why they're in the top five. But one team notably fell out of your top five this week. And I want to start with a team that's not in your list. And that's Kansas City. <laughs> Michael, I know if, if Patrick Mahomes sees this, maybe he'll say, oh, good, that they're, they're starting to, to write us off, and maybe they'll use it as motivation. Why did KC drop out of your top five? Well, because KC's numbers are just horrendous now. 
you know, they mine everything that I do is is not have any subjective decision to it. It's all based on numerical numbers, based on the 18 categories that I think go towards winning. And the Chiefs defensively have started to slip in some of those areas, which has forced them down. Mm. Right, which has forced them. That's why San Francisco is still ahead of Baltimore. Well, you could say, well, Baltimore beat them last week. Well, San Francisco's numbers are still pretty strong, and so are Baltimore's. Baltimore's numbers have been strong all year. Same thing with uh, same thing with Buff- Buffalo's numbers have always been good. Obviously, the turnover takeaway. Yeah. But for Kansas City, Kansas City is in a really unique spot because they want to run their offense. They want to run the quote unquote Mahomes offense, which is these explosive plays up the field. Well, they're not there anymore. They're really slow offensively. And they get slower when they go into 12 personnel, when they put another tight end to help their tackles. See, their tackles can't pass protect. Mm. So Mahomes is under constant pressure. So what's the answer to helping your quarterback when he's under constant pressure? We'll leave a tight end in, we'll chip him, and get him out in the route. Well, you think Kelsey wants to do that? (laughs) You think he wants to do that? Of course not. That's why he threw his helmet. That's why he was so mad. He was tired of chipping and going out in a route late. He's the man. Right. He wants the ball. He's got Taylor there watching him. He wants he got to get the ball. <laughs> and so now I'm not chipping. She doesn't even know what I'm doing when I'm chipping. <laughs> so, you know, and so now they put the other tight end in, and now they've got 12 personnel on the field, and now they're really slow because Kelsey can't run anymore. The other tight end can't run anymore. He's in there to block. So now it's easy for the defense to say, okay, where's the ball going? That's why you watch the all 22 of the game. And, and Mahomes is, by the time he kind of feels like he's getting pressure from the tackles. And now he's got to move around and buy a second look, which he loves doing. But the, that takes away from the overall offense. They couldn't run block to save the line. I mean, they got stuffed at the line of scrimmage by the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders took it to him. It almost was like the game was played in Las Vegas, like mm-hmm. the Raiders had the snap count advantage, not the Chiefs. And then defensively, for all the good that we talk about Kansas City, and they're a good defense, don't get me wrong, but when you can run the ball, when the Raiders had two rushing plays and got the ball in scoring position, Mm. they didn't tackle well. I mean, Nick Bolton's back, and so, you know, that was the case. People can run the ball on their edges. If you What they do is you formation Chris Jones away from where you want to run the ball, and then you've got a pretty good chance to run it if you're disciplined enough to get to it. The reason most people can't have not been able to run the ball on Kansas City is because they're behind in the game. Yeah, When you're behind in the game, it's hard to run. And, and Josh Jacobs didn't even play for the Raiders, to your point, and they still, in the critical downs, uh, were able to get it done with White late in that game to salt it away in Kansas City. I like your, your list because, again, you mentioned even though the Ravens beat the Niners, they didn't leapfrog them from one to two, but – Uh, Miami does enter the list into the top five after beating Dallas, but it's not because Miami beat Dallas. It's because the numbers bear it out. Correct. Correct. And, and Miami has been going upward all year. Miami's upward mobility has been related to their defense, not their offense. Their offensive numbers have, there was a time where Miami's offensive numbers were on par with the Rams of 99, the the greatest show on turf. Mm -hmm. That's not the case anymore. Their numbers are trickling down, especially when you can get them in a third down game like Dallas did. Dallas got them in a third down game. I mean, look, if the fullback hangs onto the ball, Dallas might have won that game from the one-yard line. I mean, th- th- that was a close game. It went back and forth. When you've got to kick, what did he kick? Three plus 50-yard field 57, goals? 57, 54, and 54. It never been done in the history of the Miami Dolphins. Three field goals over and 50 And you win the game. game. 
I mean, so that that's the point. I mean, again, it goes back to why do we win, why do we lose. You won because your kicker was really good that yep. day. That could have been easily three turnovers. Yes. That could have been three turnovers where Dallas would have had great field position. And the kid made them. I credit him. Tremendous. But that's the margin of error we're talking about. And if it isn't for da- if it isn't for Miami's defense, I don't think they win that game. That's why Miami is such a formidable opponent moving forward is because of their defense. Their defense. Now, look, did you notice in the game, they're go- everybody goes after Xavier Howard. That's who they're going after. And so this week in Baltimore, they're going to look where Howard is, and if Vic wants to play man, they're going to go after him. No, nobody's going to go on Ramsey's side. Mm. Yeah, that is fascinating to see because Howard, you know, obviously he's coming off injury, so he's not the same guy. But when you got Ramsey, that's the difference that Jalen Ramsey makes in that defense. And again, that feels like the marquee matchup this week, obviously, for AFC supremacy is Baltimore against Miami here. Uh, this one in Charm City. So it'd be very fascinating to see the way the Ravens try to attack them defensively. Uh, Dallas, not good enough to get it done, but those field goals by Jason Sanders, certainly the difference in the game. When we come back, Michael, we're going to put a bow on this edition of the Lombardi line with Why Not Wednesday? So we'll get to your thoughts on that and maybe some flyer plays out there, as you say, St. Jude money. That is next here on the Lombardi Line. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has got your back. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just by betting five bucks on basketball. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code VSEN and the crown is yours. Question. Maybe a stupid one, but I'm just spitballing here. Can it make you say why not? That wasn't a stupid question. It's time for Why Not Wednesday. I mean, why not? You know when they say it's so crazy it just might work? 
I've been told that this is Stormy's favorite segment, Michael, so I'm going to try to give she it with the energy. It. <laughs> I do. She loves it. She just And she sells it, too. Right. She wants me to bite all the time. And she had me last week. I think she had me, like, on three in a row. Really? I'll try to yeah, do my best, Stormy, them. and see if we can make a, a Price is Right deal for you. Let's start off with not my team, not your team, but America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. To still get the number one seed, Michael Lombardi, in the NFC, it's at 25-1. to 1. Obviously, the Niners are the overwhelming favorites. you got to lay over $4 to get that. The Eagles at plus 270. Lions at 15-1. to 1, And there are those Cowboys at 25-1. to 1. Why not, Michael? Can the boys still nope. get it done? Nope. Oh. 0 for 1, David. No chance. Hey, look, here's the reality. I think you're better off being the 5 seed. Really? You're better off going to Tampa. What are you worried about getting the number... What are you worried about getting the one seed? I mean, you're not going to get the one seed. I mean, they're not going to lose to Washington. So forget about that. You're better off being the five seed. Go down and play Tampa in Tampa. Nice weather, fast grass. You'll win that game. Yeah, retired Tom Brady a year ago. You're right. It would take a Niners loss. Probably not this week. Uh, It would take two losses by the Niners, actually, uh, for the Cowboys to get there. And that ain't happening. It doesn't feel like it. Not to the Commanders. Possibly, though, to the Rams. Okay, why not Wednesday? Let's continue it. The Buccaneers right now look like they are in firm command of the NFC South. Two games to play. To miss the playoffs, Michael, 5-1. to Could Baker Mayfield turn back into the old bake and not shake and bake so much and lose to the Saints and Panthers? Why not? Why not? I'm going to bite on that one. Look, I I think Baker's been great. But remember, I mean, against against the Panthers, the first time he struggled, the Colts game – uh, no, I think this is – I would play this. This isn't a St. Jude's play for me. Why not p- play it to miss the playoffs? Because, you know, if New Orleans wins this week, you know, and then anything can happen in week 17, so why not? And, and the Panthers playing their best football of the season. Why not Wednesday continues with the Raiders out of here. New life all of a sudden uh, with this team. I know offensively it's a struggle, but 12-1 to 1 to make the playoffs. Michael, they're still in the quote-unquote in the hunt. Why not? Uh, you're not getting me on this one. It has <laughs> nothing to do with my son not being there. My other son's still there, so I'm rooting that they go. Yeah. But you can't, you cannot go to the playoffs with a quarterback who can't complete a pass. Like, until they say, okay, we've seen enough Aiden O'Connell, you're not getting me to back them. Like, they're not going to go in there and, and dominate defensively like this. I just don't see it. They, they you know, I know they want to get the ball to, to Devontae Adams. He had one catch for four yards. Could you imagine what we would be hearing today oh my. if Josh McDaniels was the head coach of the Raiders and Devontae had one catch for four yards after a win? Oh, my God. I would be all Oh, over. my God. This would be, oh, we'd burn the city down. You wouldn't be <laughs> able to drive home tonight. If you don't like that play because the Raiders do play the Colts this week, why not the Colts? To still win the AFC South at plus 350. I hope you bite on this one because I got a, t- a ticket from the summer on the Colts. I'm on this one. I would take this one. Yeah, I think the Colts. I think the Colts certainly I would because I think they have two home games and they're a much better team when they play at home. Yeah. I mean, they're going to they play the Raiders at home, you know, and, and I think that, you know, last week getting destroyed there. And then they got the Texans at home. Look, why not? At, at plus 850? I mean, you know, I mean, no, plus 350. Plus I'm sorry. 350. That's a good number. Yeah, it is. And again, if they can get that and then this next thing happens, that game against the Texans could be for the division crown because why not Wednesday continues with the Panthers going into Jacksonville? We don't know about Trevor Lawrence this week. Why not the Panthers can win this game outright against the Jags at plus 240? 
Yeah, why not? I mean, look, who's the Jags? Have, you don't lose four games in a row because you're playing good on any side of the football, I, right? I mean, look at the Cleveland Browns. They've been horrible on offense, but they've won 10 games because their defense has carried them. There's no strength to this Jacksonville offense, defense, or even their kicking game. So, you know, look, I think the one thing about the Panthers with Chris Tabor and, and, and the crew down there, I mean, you know, they're James Camp and their line coach. They're trying to win the game. They're just not good enough, but they're trying. They're competing. They haven't given up. I tend to like that play a lot and hoping that that catches for that Colts ticket we just talked about. You know, why not Wednesday continues with the Bengals going to Burrowhead, but they're not bringing Joey B. It's going to be Jake Browning under center here. But we know of this rivalry. It does feel like a full-fledged rivalry right now. And, you know, the Bengals have given as good as they've taken against the Chiefs here in the recent playoff picture. Why not the Bengals with a backup? go into Arrowhead and get the victory at plus 245 as it stands right now in the money line. Yeah, I would not say, I would say why not on this because look, the Chiefs are not playing good. Mm -hmm. Like there's not a switch inside that stadium that you just flick that the Chiefs are going to play good. Now look, in fairness, this Bengal defense is a good recipe to have to try to feel better. But, you know, Lou Amaromo is quoted, you know, he saw what his defense did last week. It's going to be a tough week for his defensive group. He's going to coach hard. And he's watched the tape of what the Raiders have did to, to Mahomes. And the Chiefs aren't going to change who they are. And I think that they'll play them tough. I think there's throws Browning can make in the game. They get chased back. Yeah. I, I think there's a good chance. Look, I don't, I don't understand why it's seven points. What worries me about this game, David, is the line is stuck at seven and no one's betting the Chiefs. Why isn't this line going to six and a half? Tend to agree. And again, with that news today that Jamar Chase looks like he's going to practice today. Remember, he did not play last week in that debacle in Pittsburgh. So interesting number there. But I'm kind of with you. I mean, I lean towards the Bengals side, but the non-movement of the line makes it a little bit suspicious there. Okay, let's get to the college football playoffs here and see if we can get some why not scenarios for you and some exact markets. Okay, and I'll start with the biggest long shot of all. And you tell me why or why not here. That the Huskies, undefeated, by the way, Washington Huskies, beat Bama. So you'd have basically, what, the the, the three and the four going at it? 13-1 to yeah. one for Washington to beat Bama in the college football playoff. Why or why not? I think when it comes to college football, why not should be associated with it. Because what we've seen this year is after week two, if you would have said for 50-1, to one, Alabama's going to be in the in the college finals for final four I would have said no way that would have been a why not and you, this season is so unpredictable right Milrose ability to look down the field when he starts to move around the improvement of their offense Alabama's defense has improved but Washington with the board when they played Oregon mm. the second time were they 13 point dog in that game yeah I think close I mean, around nine, 10 and a half 10. point dog yeah, it was a double 10. digit yep. dog right yep I mean, and so, you know, I think Kalen DeBoer's a really good coach. I think Michael Penix Jr. is a really good player. I think movement quarterbacks will always give Nick Saban trouble because of the way he calls the defense, the way the defense is aligned, you know, in terms of always trying to be adjusted out to the right call. You know, whereas in the Michigan game, I think if McCarthy is going to be under center, if he's going to be there, they kind of know where he is. They can, they can set their defense up better. So I, I would say, why not? Uh, that's going to conclude this edition of Why Not Wednesday, Michael. But on that theme, very quickly, and 
you know Jim Harbaugh, obviously, from his NFL days, and we all know the run he made with San Francisco getting uh, to the Super Bowl. Are, is this possibly the last game he's the head coach at Michigan against Alabama or two games if he wins and gets to the college football final? Do you think Harbs is long to, to return to the NFL here? Well, I think it depends on the situation, right? When you're the head coach at Michigan, you run your program. There's no GM telling you what to do. Right. Whereas if, he, if the Chargers offer him the chance to run the program, I would say you have to take a hard look at that with Justin Herbert. But if he has to go into a committee – where he's got 15 people telling him what to do. He lived through that. The Trent Balky experience yeah. in San Francisco was very toxic for him, and he never wants to go back to it again. Fascinating. By the way, Michigan right now still a point-and-a-half favorite over Alabama. Uh, we had Harry, Harry Gagnon in earlier on this hour, and he does like Bama in this game. You know, I've, I've been so torn on this one, Michael, as we get closer and closer to the uh, national semifinal. I feel like the country is kind of on Bama, and I understand it. I just feel like Harbs might get the last lap here. And I know uh, Harry, rather, is on Michigan money line here. Yeah, I mean, I go back and forth. I think Michigan's offense sits up perfectly for Nick's defense because of the lack of running by the quarterback and the movement where he can really static his calls. Yeah. But, you know, I don't tr- – Milrow's been so inconsistent. That Auburn game hasn't left my mind. It's a hard one to get out uh, if you watch that last. Yeah. I mean, it was they were a play away from not even being – uh, certainly in this conversation. Yeah, a um, legitimate Michael, play away, yeah. Right. Really fun the last couple of days. Thanks for letting me ride shotgun with you. you Thank you, David. Gonna, Appreciate you. Absolutely going to get Stormy back in here tomorrow here on the Lombardi Line on VEASAN. Coming up here on the DraftKings Network is going to be Pablo Torre. Here at VEASAN, the sports betting talk and analysis continues with Sharp Money in just a moment. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.